Hey y'all, this is Landon popping in to give you the details about our annual New Year's Day meetup. We're going to be doing that Monday, January 1st at 2 p.m. This will be at Live Oak Park, which is the little public park just outside of Q2 Stadium. Uh, We will be providing beer and pizza, but bring your own chair or whatever other sitting device you'd like to bring. Um, But yeah, this has been one of our favorite little uh, little traditions to start, and we've seen it grow over the last few years so we hope to see you there come hang out meet some new people see some familiar faces and uh yeah have a good time see you there the presenting sponsor of moon tower soccer is fvf law to find out what makes fvf a different kind of injury law firm you can visit fvf.law hello friends thanks for listening to moon tower soccer this week we are on vacation uh we recorded this not today is today christmas day when this is coming out not today right okay (laughs) um but we are going to play for you one of our i think i'm i speak for both of us when i say one of my favorite interviews that we've ever done uh this was not on the moon tower soccer feed this is back when we were running the austin anthem podcast this is in the the fledgling days of what would become austin fc and the austin fc fan community and so it is an interview with Adam and Marty Butler uh, from Butler Bros, uh, which is the design firm that did all of the branding for Austin FC. It was, A, it was really cool. This is like back in the days when all of this was new. All of it was secretive. We weren't sure up until not long before this interview that this was even going to happen, right? Right. And so to have them come on and and have this chat and share kind of the journey of creating this logo and all this design for the team was really, really cool. Plus, they're just like awesome dudes and really fun to talk to. Um, Jeremiah, before folks hear this, what are some of the things like listening back? I, I hadn't listened to it in a long time. I don't think you had either. What are some of the things that kind of stood out to you listening back on this? I guess before we get into substantive content, one thing I want to say is like, I was really afraid that this is going to be really, really bad because this is pretty <laughs> early and sort of our days as podcast makers. And I don't know if it speaks to the fact that we were like decent from the start or the fact that we haven't grown at all. But like the interview this is, was, this is May 2020. I believe so the interview is better, better than I thought it was going to be. Um, Two, did we decide if we're going to like play the story of my kids and their game they invented as part of the show? <laughs> yeah, we... If, some of the banter bit at the beginning was pretty entertaining. Maybe I'll throw that at the end. For yeah, the we'll say that. Sickos. Yeah, we'll say that for the end. If you really want to hear, like, when my kids were ten and eight, were kind of awful what they did. Like that is part of the show. Like as far as the substance goes, um, this is going to be a constant. This has been a constant theme throughout this club. When it and the marketing when it's at its best is when they talk about how both the Butler team and representatives of Austin FC. Like could have gone for like the most basic Austin, like Armadillo, Stevie Ray Vaughan, Willie Nelson sort of like style um, and voice for this brand. And I think even Adam Butler talks about how all the other professional teams in the state of Texas have like stars and cowboys and like these really, really traditional Texas themes and how they didn't want to do that and they really wanted to be inclusive and really wanted to develop a brand that was for all of Austin, no matter where you grew up or where you came from. And to hear them like have that vision a year before the club played 
and then to see how that has played out over the three years that the team has been in existence and how that has really come to be true is just not something we all hoped. I think was like super um, encouraging and rewarding. And then just generally like the, you kind of touched on this, like how sort of behind the scenes and cloak and dagger and like NDA style, all this was like a little bit of the intrigue that if you started following Austin FC, when Austin FC like started playing games on the pitch, like you didn't even know about, but it's like a fun bit of history. That part's probably not that meaningful, but it's just like interesting for like long timers to have heard. Yeah. And I, I think all that's important to, mention just because there's a reality where none of that stuff happens and this is a generic or like two-dimensional brand that doesn't resonate with people that doesn't feel authentic or interesting like that very easily could have happened and I, i've learned i don't they kind of reference it a little bit in this interview but i've learned since then that in the very early days when when the leadership group and kind of management group that were formerly of the columbus crew were coming to Austin and trying to make contacts that the butlers were kind of some of their only local folks that they like some of the first people they got in contact with. And so like, how, how lucky are we that those are the people that were like showing these guys around town and saying, you need to talk to them. You need to go here and talk to these people. You need to do this. This is what it should look like. Like to have Adam and Marty be the guys some of the people there like guiding that process and helping them out with that. We're so lucky that it was them and not somebody who would have taken them down a different path. Yeah. And I guess the other lesson is like Adam and Marty are just cool dudes, which are yeah. like, or, and fun guys. <laughs> and I feel like that really absolutely comes through. And we, we talked about this, like this is probably maybe the longest like off air post interview discussion we ever had just cause like it was like, I never wanted to stop talking to them. Like it was, it was so good. And they're so real and so entertaining. And they maybe want to have him back on at some point. Yeah. And I've actually gotten to know um, one or two of the other designers that were involved in this since then. And they've gone to some some talks that like go into in depth of like the community engagement they did, the kind of workshopping they did. And so as much as they let us know in this interview, it like goes even deeper, like the actual um, kind of grassroots campaign that this whole design process process actually was. Uh, and again, yeah, super thankful that it was the butlers who, who ended up doing that. Um, anything else before we jump into the interview? No, I guess, I, I guess one other thing is, um, when we're talking about like we, and they say y'all, this is often referring to Austin Anthem. Uh, at that point in time, that was like kind of the only people paying attention were like, it was a pretty small group of of soccer fans in Austin who were like very engaged in all of this and knew that it was even happening up until kind of the point that they uh, announced that logo. That was kind of a turning point, but um, it was a pretty intimate little little group here in town for a while. But if you, whenever you hear us say we and they and y'all, it's often referring to the fan group Austin Anthem. Which again, this was on. Uh, that podcast feed back in the days when we were running that eventually started our own our own channel with a, a different brand. But um, yeah, that's where this show comes from. All right. Well, um, y'all enjoy. Stick around at the end for some fun little banter from that original show. But uh, yeah, enjoy this interview with Adam and Marty Butler. When no one is around. Moon Tower Soccer is brought to you by our friends at FEF Law, the official injury lawyers of Austin FC. 
FEF is a different kind of personal injury law firm dedicated to community, transparency, and client education. You can go to FEF.law to find out what makes FEF a different kind of injury law firm and why understanding your legal options can dramatically change the outcome of a case. Once again, that's FEF.law. Amplify Credit Union is a member-owned financial cooperative that's served the needs of Central Texans for over five decades. Amplify's team lives and works in the community, making them the experts on how members can achieve their financial goals. What makes Amplify different? No bank fees. Amplify is the first financial institution in Texas to put an end to bank fees. In 2022, Americans paid almost $8 billion in overdraft fees alone. Millennials pay an average of $336 a year in bank fees, which, look y'all, it's time for Christmas. So you put a lot... You get, get a loved one, something you something that they want and something they will appreciate more than like paying some awful bank bank fees. You pay none of those with Amplify Credit Union. Amplify membership is open to any Texas resident. Learn to trust your bank again at Amplify Credit Union. To learn more, go to www.goamplify.com slash moontower. Our premier sponsor, McGuire Woods Consulting, helps companies and nonprofits navigate the political process at the Texas Capitol, at the city and national level, and I told Landon this before, and I don't want it to be weird, but I heard some like McGuire Woods people talking about lobby strategy, um, sitting outside drinking a beer on Saturday. They seem really serious about it, like they wanted to help their clients. So good for those guys. With offices across the country and in 10 MLS cities, including Austin, Houston, and Dallas, McGuire Woods Consulting is solidly Verde and Black. Learn more about our friends at McGuire Woods Consulting at MWCLLC.com. We are joined today by Adam and Marty Butler of Butler Brothers. Guys, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Absolutely. Uh, would Would each of you mind introducing yourself and telling us how long you have been a Butler brother? <laughs> well, actually, I was just an individual. And then I was 14 months old and I became a Butler brother when Marty was born. Oh, that's true. In 1970. That. Yeah. So you've been Butler brothers for the exact same amount of time. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> yeah, since 1974. Um, so, tell us a little bit about the the history of your of your company. Well, Marty and I um, were fortunate when we were in middle school. We moved out just outside of Austin, and one of our neighbors was a, was a fellow named Steve Gersich, and he was the founder of GSTM Advertising. And um, his daughter was one of Marty's classmates. And she invited us to explore the wonderful world of advertising, which we started to do. I worked in the mailroom in the summer. I told Marty, I'm loading beer into a Coke machine. That's part of my job. <laughs> <laughs> and Marty and I both interned there. Um, we studied associated things in college. And then, boom, we, we, we started our careers in advertising and that obviously predated us starting the Butler Bros by about 23 years now, Marty. We, yep. We've been doing the Butler Bros for 17 years together. Where was GSD&M back then? Like, I mean, it wasn't the, was, it wasn't the big like spot downtown then, was it? Cielo Center on 360. Yeah. Near the Rudy's Barbecue over there. And it was totally isolated and suburban and Westlake and, we would, we would all drive to lunch, like down to South Austin and go to like Olive Garden. 
like a big group of creatives would literally get stoned and drive to Olive Garden and like eat breadsticks and all you can eat salad and then go back to work. <laughs> the old Austin staple, Olive Garden. Yes. Yeah, Olive Garden. A famous Austin brand. <laughs> That's a classic. Is that they used to have like wine on the honor system, right? Did yeah. they just have like a jug of wine on the table? And it was yes. was it during that time? I love yes. that place. Yes. And the budget, like the bottomless salad and breadsticks and all that, that was good for a young ad guy food budget for sure. Five dollar lunch. Yeah. <laughs> so we started uh we started the Butler Bros in two thousand two and you know, we kind of started to slowly make the pivot from advertising generalist to brand development firm. And early days, we worked with Livestrong um, right when the Lance stuff was going insane, which was really fun. Um, we worked with Rudy's Barbecue, actually. The original uh, owners, Creed Ford and Lynn Ford. And Marty, who else did we work with in the early days? Um, one of our biggest clients was a tobacco control client. Um, they were called Legacy at the time. They're famous for the Truth Campaign that you've probably seen. Oh, yeah. So we spent a lot of time like doing battle with big tobacco and started doing a lot of big nonprofit work after yeah. that with Livestrong and others. So we were all up in the cause space for a long time. We still are, but that was like the bulk of our business. Yeah. Um, so tell tell our listeners, I think a lot of people will know, but some of them probably don't. What They'll probably know some of the other brands that you guys have worked with. So rattle off some of the ones that, that our Austin listeners would, would recognize. Yeah. I have uh, Taco Deli's website open <clears throat> right now because I ordered to go from there tonight. <laughs> um, they're a client. Um, the Thinkery, which used to be the Children's Museum, we helped rename and rebrand that enterprise which was one of our very favorite things we ever got to do because our, then our kids got to waltz in there and we were like our name's on the wall <laughs> it's pretty good it's no, you know? a way to be cooler yeah yes yeah um real ale yeah i've enjoyed tonight um tequila 512 fun little tequila brand here in town austin yeah. parks foundation Trail Foundation. Uh, Austin Parks Foundation. I had the, um, before, in the before times when we could have people come over to our houses and stuff, uh, <laughs> a friend was over at the house and I had the, the Austin F, I, like the Austin FCU logo was up on my computer. And uh, this friend who doesn't know anything about soccer, doesn't know anything about Austin FC was like, Oh, that logo kind of reminds me of our Austin Parks Foundation. And I was like, well, actually, the same people designed it. So that's like, oh, my God, you guys definitely have like a, a feel to, to your design. So it's kind of cool that someone who had no clue could like tied it together. And it's like, oh, yeah, this is done by the same artist. Cool. Oh, that's interesting. That's cool, man. It's a great logo. I love that hummingbird. Yeah, yeah. it's good. They're a great. They're a really cool organization. But yeah, I mean, we've branded whiskey and tequila and beer and nonprofits, and then we got to do a soccer team. It's pretty crazy. So I feel like the whiskey and tequila and beer, like the swag that comes along with those, is probably pretty good, right? Like, how, like how much how much free booze have you gotten out of this? And is that a motivating factor for like groups or not? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was there's a river of beer that came out of uh, real ale for a while, um, keg after keg, you know, that we would 
um, share with them. Um, but the irony is, is that, you know, if I was 22, that would have been something else, but you get a little older, <laughs> you just don't drink as much anymore. So it's like the, when you have access to the river of it, it's like you can only have three, you know? Yeah. We would usually, or we would usually ask for a, uh, a Pilsner and not an IPA just because when you have a 15 gallon keg of an IPA, <laughs> it's kind of dangerous. <laughs> so in, you've kind of told us a little bit about the things you've done leading up to um, Austin FC, which is the reason why we're having you on, on the show today is because you guys did the branding for, for Austin FC. So how did that begin? What, what was your first contact with, with a club representative? So it was actually not with a club representative. It was with a former guest of your show, Krista Markham. And we had met Kristen years before, and she was a part of helping their the team locate agencies. They had a short list. Apparently, we were on it, and it was all very cryptic. We had to sign some NDAs. <laughs> but in reading the NDA, we were able to piece together who we were about to talk to. I was going to say, like, what, how do you even make a decision about what you, like, whether you want to do it or not by not, if you don't know anything about the project, like how much did they actually tell you? Well, once we signed the NDA, they could tell us a lot. Right. Um, but you guys remember how cloak and dagger things were at first. And we were just, we were just as much a part of that as anybody else. You know, we were, once we knew, once we thought we knew what we thought we knew, we were, we thought we were pretty excited. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I remember telling Marty, like, I just signed an NDA. I think it's this. And we were like, sweet, let's see. And then it was. Um, and then it was, then it was, uh, you know, a meet and greet sort of a scenario where they, they were making their rounds. They were interviewing people in town. Um, and you know, we felt really confident that it was, it was work we could get because of our lifetime in Austin. We're, we're Austinites. Yeah. Um, the breadth and depth of our clients in the community, not just for profits and partying, but like really community fabric brands. And Marty and I both have actually served on the board of a lot of nonprofits too. And it just started to feel like, man, they, they need somebody who knows the town and isn't just um, isn't just good at what they do, but actually cares about where they live. And we could start to feel that they cared about that too. And that was super exciting. Marty, would you, what would you add to that? I agree with that. I mean, if you're not from here and you're brand new and you just visited, you don't really understand it. And they needed, you know, they needed some, some guides to help them, get to a place of more understanding of the community and the culture. And it helps that we were born here too. So, you know, it benefited us to be local yokels. <laughs> yeah. It's one of the things we talked about with James Ruth um, last on our last episode was the, and it was one of my biggest fears coming into like whenever I, knew there was going to be a team and started thinking about branding and things like that. One of my biggest fears was that it would be something one dimensional and that you've seen this marketing all over Austin where it's like a guitar, but that's it. They haven't thought anything 
deeper than than just that like oh it's a music city cool we'll put a guitar on it and that that makes it austin but it's it's very transparent you see through that pretty quickly that they didn't think about it very much and so um yeah whatever i found out that it was you guys doing it a i think i've mentioned this on the phone before adam and i used to be neighbors uh before i knew what you did for work or or if Austin is, yeah. <laughs> so listeners, uh, Adam just turned his computer, uh, his computer camera out his window and is pointing it at my old house. <laughs> and I can see my old house there. The little village. How's the yard? Is the yard? It just got mowed. It just got mowed. And we created a, a small COVID golf course in that yard, which the new neighbor is as cool as Landon. <laughs> That's good. Um, and Ashley word to us then. So it's all good. <laughs> Yeah, we, we lived on that street for a year and we've been gone for more than a year and still wow. go back and hang out with people on that street. And that's like, that's how I met Marty as well. Was, I think some celebration that was happening on the street and got to meet Marty as well. But yeah, so, uh, yeah, I, I found out that it was you guys. And at that by that point, I knew your body of work and was excited about that. I was like, OK, they got these people who know Austin, understand Austin to build this brand and it's not going to be this one dimensional thing. It's going to have something else to it. I was equally excited. It's like, Oh, Hey, my neighbor designed, designed this, this thing. So that's really cool. But um, yeah, let's, let's talk about what the journey to that logo was. Um, I'm sure there were a lot of different iterations and, and dead ends that you guys went down that ended up leading to this. So tell us a little bit about that, that journey. Well, one thing just to say at the start was that, and you kind of hit on it a little bit, Landon, with this idea of not being one note. It's not that, it's not that those, the ownership group and the management group didn't know like those, those tropes of Austin, you know, and they were, they were fascinated by them as well because you know, they're fascinating tropes, but they're tropes. Um, but one thing they said was we want something that can be for all of Austin. They had this, the secret code name of, of the thing when we signed all the NDAs was project bat. And at first Marty and I thought it was just like, Oh, that's just their way of like making it about our bats or Mexican free tail bats. But it actually was an acronym be Austin's team. And so they had this real strong notion of it has to be something that everyone can relate to. And that was a, that was a covenant that we created coming out of our original, what we call our blitz where we, we get everyone together and we really envision the future. And so I think it's worth saying at the outset that we were always thinking of every icon or concept, like could, could everyone that lives in Austin from every corner of our city, from every age, every culture, like rep this thing. <laughs> And that became like a really interesting rubric, right? Um, of course, it was a crazy journey. Marty can talk about some of the <laughs> yeah. some of that too, but that was just a great framework, right? Like that was a great aspiration for the brand. Yeah, I mean, we certainly we we created identities that someday we'll get to share and talk about. Um, stayed in touch with the, the club about that. And I think they're of the mind, like we, we can't share that stuff until like the team is established and right. 
you know, it feels too early because then people are like, oh, look at that one. Because we, we had a, a <laughs> really A-plus team of creatives on the job. We brought in a group of extras and had our staff and really blew it out from a design and creativity standpoint. We kind of spared no hour and worked overtime on it for a long time to get it right. Um, and it, you know, it's important for us to like recognize that Anthony had his finger on it, um, with this whole big, big tent idea rather than being like niche or, and we agreed with it, you know, but he really wanted something that had that broad appeal that could feel inclusive. And if you really think about it, like if you went too far down into like alt country music roots or Willie or something like that, like to all of us, like to me, that's the center of the universe. But if you go to Southeast Austin and started asking about Willie, I some people might just be like, who's that? You know? Yeah. But everybody has trees in their yards (laughs) and uh, not everybody, but tree, the Oak tree exists in every quadrant of the city and all the way up North, all the way down South and West and East. So it started to feel like something that was big enough and ancient enough too to really grasp onto. And then it just became like, once we were focused on that as an icon, um, it really, to your point, Landon, is how do you make that deeper than just a tree? Because if it's just a tree and there's no other like little narrative there, that becomes a little boring because trees don't move like it's a sport, you know, they're static. (laughs) So that was the other part of the puzzle we had to solve. The team did. Yeah. I mean, one thing I think, well, one, I would love to see your like Mexican free tail bat with Willie Nelson braids design whenever you, (laughs) which I'm sure it was trying to get right on. But you know, one thing that, that we've talked about, because when, when we saw this, you're like, yeah, we get it. Like everybody has like the live oak. Right. But it's also a thing that, you know, if you look around, like around the country and stuff, people are like, well, Texas doesn't have trees. Right. Cause all we have is giant cactuses and whatever. So, I mean, was part of it like the intention that it was like, look, this is a thing that everybody in Austin will get and it doesn't matter anybody else understands that as Austin or when was that part of it or just a fortunate coincidence? Yeah, it was, it was a hope. I mean, I, I think one slide that we would, we can probably share with you guys that's so fun to look at, Jeremiah, is the, when you put this badge in the middle of all the other MLS logos. And then you also put this badge in the, in the center of every other major league sport in the state of Texas. And if you're from Texas, you just laugh because you're like, of course, Austin would have a tree, (laughs) you know, and Dallas has a star and, you know, it's just, it's funny that the Texas tropes that are in the other identities, um, because there's like this broad Texana trope and then there's these Austin tropes. And we were like, this is a more enduring symbol that also positions well in the league and also well in major league sports in the state. Yeah. And we've got some famous brands here. Um, (laughs) So it's like, let's be us. And that's a funny way to look at it too. It's not typically how a fan would look at it, but when you look at it that way as a design studio, then you, it also brings a smile to your face. So we, we can share that slide with you and maybe you could put it on the blog, but it's, it is funny to see. Yeah. And 
like it's fun on social media where people are like, what the fuck is that? Like it's broccoli. It's a tree. And it was like, yeah, Austinites eat broccoli. <laughs> we eat our vegetables. We grow it ourselves. We're healthy. Like, haha, you know, that's who we are. It doesn't matter. Um, there was a lot of confidence in that. That was fun. Um, fun to see whenever people just started to make fun of it from other States, you knew it was good. I, I think it's a very Austin thing too, to like that. It's almost, it's kind of an inside thing. Like, like you said, like the every, people in other parts of the country in other countries think all of Texas is just desert and cactus and that's all. And so I think on, I think it was on Twitter, a Minnesota United fan yeah. was going after some, some Austin FC posts or Austin Anthem posts and yes. was saying just like, I just don't get it. Like they should have done something that feels more like Austin. <laughs> and I was like, you're in Minnesota, dude. Like, I don't, I don't know what a loon is, but if, yeah. if y'all want to be the loons, then I'm going to take, take it from you that that's like something that represents Minnesota. Should have been an ice crystal. <laughs> an ice crystal. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, yeah. And I think too, it's like, it, it, it comes to mean something too. That's the other thing. Like the way you guys have played with it. Um, and like it, it, it gains, it gains meaning over time. We certainly impregnated it with a lot of meaning, but it, we loved watching y'all trade paint with trolls um, because we couldn't, you know, so it was funny. <laughs> it's like a very public referendum, but at the end of the day, like Marty said, it, it, it does. It's a symbol that can represent our city proudly. Like we, it, we're a brand new major league team, but Treaty Oaks 500 years old. You know, it's older than our our city's charter. Yeah. <laughs> so like, we're anchoring in and rooting into something deep and old, with the aspiration of becoming old and deep. Like we're that was the aspiration too. It's like talking about winning championships and being relevant on a global stage in the decades to come. Of course, that sounds like crazy talk to people, but that's that kind of vision. It, you never get there unless you articulate the vision and they, the ownership group and Andy, the people we worked with out of the gate, they never blinked when they were saying things like that. Um, and they did it in Columbus. They got, they started winning. <laughs> Yeah, so, that whole tree thread in terms of like a, the there are five hundred year old oak trees in Austin. Um, yeah, our team. We look. We did a ton of research too. Like we we looked at MLS, but we really looked at the world and your favorite club, whether it's Man U or FC Barca or Liverpool or Real Madrid. It does like those are if you go back and look at those crests and what they mean, I mean, it is like all that stuff is like before America, like (laughs) (laughs) early civilization and city identity. And we wanted to find something that wasn't, you know, that wasn't trite. That was like ancient. And, you know, again, well, and Marty to build on that, I mean, like, this brand was launched at a time when pricing was making all of our musicians move to the exurbs, you know? So it would also be culturally tone deaf to do what like Nashville just played the music card hard. Right. But that's their industry. Like 
for Austin music, we don't have the music industry. We have live music. We yeah. have musicians, but we've You're never been able like to get recording. Yeah, we but we don't have the industry of it. Like we don't have the rec, we don't have a bunch of record labels and yeah. hundred recording studios. Well, we do have a hundred recording studios. We actually have ten thousand recording they're studios. Not, they're all in Phoenix, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I mean they're not Columbia or RCA or whoever. Yeah. And so like the other notion is what's a platform for all the things that Austin is to live under, not it not one aspect of it being the icon so that's the other part like of course we're going to have the best music in the entire mls if not the world game of course we will because we have it here but that's (laughs) i mean look at you guys you write a song every week Tower Soccer is brought to you by Covert Ford. The Coverts have been meeting the needs of local car buyers for 114 years because of their service, financial expertise, and support after the sale. In addition to supporting car buyers, Covert's an important part of the soccer community and the official automotive partner of Austin FC. This week, we want to talk to you about a Ford F-150 XLT. You can get it for 2.9% APR for 72 months, plus no payment for 90 days. This is stock number 2231529. Advertised price is 44648 with MSRP, dealer discounts, and rebates. You can get this again for 2.9% APR for 72 months and no payment for 90 days. See the dealer and website for complete details. If you're in the market for a new or used vehicle, be sure to check out covertford.com. Moon Tower Soccer is brought to you by Sage Wilson Realty. The team is made up of awesome experts who are client focused and have over 30 years of combined real estate experience. If you or someone you know are in need of Sage Real Estate Advice in Austin, talk to our friends at Sage Wilson Realty. Be sure to check them out online at sagewilson.com. So from a, we've talked about kind of the symbolism of it. One of the things about the logo that I've, I've noticed and I've really come to love is that you can see this Austin FC logo from, from pretty far away and know exactly what it is. Even if you can't read the words, it's very distinguishable and you know what it is. The color really pops out. Um, I, I, I really like that part of it. And then yeah, I just like that from so um, Inter Miami is one that came out not super far apart from from when you mm. released this one, and there's this, this it's a very delicate design. I think it's a cool design, but if you see it from any distance at all, it just disappears. Yeah, and so I really like that if you look at the Austin FC one up close, there's enough detail there to really study. But if you see it from far away, you know, you still know exactly what it is. You don't have to, oh, it's just a green blob. No, you, it's very recognizable. That's good to hear. I mean, that was part of the design rigor for sure. When we set it up, it was like every logo would be shown. We, we really put everything into like ESPN soccer app. And you would see a, any design that we showed, you could see it large on a hat and like on a something like a, a fan t-shirt, like really big. We're on a flag, but then how did it look on the app? You know, could it shrink? Could it be far away and you still see it? Because to your point, that's probably the majority of time that you'll see it is like up in the corner on TV. Right. You know, or like, you know, it'll be small on a player's kit, but 
you know, and you see it. So I'm glad you think that the team definitely focused on that. Yeah. On uh, MLSsoccer.com, they have all of the, all the badges lined up across the top of the page yeah. and you can click on it and go to that team's page. And yeah, the Austin FC one, it, it pops, like you notice it really easily and you, you know exactly what it is. So mission accomplished. Uh-huh. That's cool. Um, so uh, you guys mentioned some of, some of our design, all of which is done by Mr. Ryan Riggins, which you guys yeah. have connections to him as well. Um, yeah. We, we reached out to him and asked if he had any questions that, that, uh, that we wanted to ask as well. And so let's see if we can work in some of Ryan's questions. Wait, awesome. I mean, and they're, they're super design nerdy, by the way, but it's, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's fine. So before we do that, I have one question that actually ties back to the, to like seeing it from far away. It's like the first time I saw somebody in Austin FC hat that I didn't personally know. Like I was super excited because like, yeah. it's just gone like outside of just our small group. I mean, how's that feel for y'all? <laughs> Right? Like when you're all like, oh, that thing that everybody is wearing that like McConaughey has on LAFC. Like that's a thing we did. Like, I mean, maybe that's not unique for y'all because you do design work all the time, but that would be super cool for me. Like, like how do you, how do y'all feel about that? It's cool. It it's you know, it it's one thing to like see like a big corporate nonprofit brand that you did. That that's cool too. I, I still remember the first time seeing like someone walking down the street with a real L six pack of fireman's four that we had designed. And like, I was driving home from work and they were walking down the street. We had just released all that work and it was just in stores. And I was like, Holy crap, there's our stuff. Like people like that guy bought that and carried it out of the store with him. And then I was just in big Ben for spring break before the lockdown. And I saw an Austin FC sticker on a van. <laughs> the basin parking lot. It was down by a river. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. You know, we get phone calls from people or texts and pictures from airports where someone's like, look at this guy with the shirt on in Germany or whatever. It's it's different when it's a sports team and it's something that people want to wear. It's very it's very different. It's cool. Yeah, and as James Ruth mentioned on, on the last episode, that this is a lot of the other you guys have, have worked with these national brands, but they're representing themselves. This is something that's going to represent this city and it's your city. And so like a lot of these other brands represent Austin within Austin. Right. Uh, This is something that's going to represent Austin to the rest of the country and to the rest of the world. Good point. To a certain extent. So. Right. That's um, the, and that's what I would totally build on that Landon, Cause that's, I think that to me is the point of the biggest point of pride is that, we got to do something for our hometown that the world will consume. And that's insane. I mean, you know, Marty and I, when we got to launch the team on a stage at the North door, that was, that was nuts. It was, it wasn't just the work. It was the fact that we were standing up in front of you guys (laughs) And the media and everybody else and saying, like, this is our, this is our club. This is our city. And it, and now it's, and now it's released to all of you. Like we're done. Like we're just a part of it now. We're, we still get to make things for the club, but the fact is the way people build culture around it is way bigger than us. And it's alive. And that's really cool. The traditions that will come in to the club and around the club and this in the city that's going to be so fun to watch and just see the creativity of, of everyone and, and you guys. And it's just super exciting when people started calling it all tree. I mean, we had been joking about that too in our studio and then it it organically happened 
in, in culture. And we were just like, this is so great. <laughs> yeah. L tree was great. L tree is like, we are such big fans of L tree. <laughs> so great. It's like, it's a quadruple entendre. <laughs> so, so from that event, I mean, other than it being like 94 degrees inside the North door at that oh, event. That was hellacious. Um, so like, did y'all, did y'all find the, there was like the flag, right? That was the flag that yes. somebody printed had, like, was that? Our friend Kathy. Did y'all do that? Said, okay. Yeah, tell me about that. Yeah. So we, we were asked to help design this launch event and, um, it, there was a lot of pressure to do it quickly, frankly. And we're like, we need an artifact. How are we going to reveal this? We can't just broadcast it on a screen. And Kathy Sever is a really good friend of ours. Um, she lives over here in Zoker and we've known her for years. She's Fort Lonesome. That's her studio. And we decided like, let's get a flag change stitched because it will just have that quality to it. That is, that makes this feel real. Because that was the biggest question, man. Like people would ask, we were under an NDA. We couldn't even say, but it was such scuttlebutt. People were like, do you think this, this soccer team thing's really even going to happen? Or like, we're sitting here designing a launch event. All the branding is done. <laughs> like it's happening. Actually, we're going to announce the brand in two weeks, but we couldn't say anything. So things that made it real and made it feel real were really important to do. And her work, being an Austinite, being an Austin artist, it just honored the, and it let her put a stamp on it too. So it was cool. And, and it was, was one of her, it was one of her crew that actually made it, but yeah, it's her team. Yeah. They're a team. of. It was Christina Hurtsmith. Yeah. She's the her. one that actually did the stitching on it. And yeah, and it, it was, it's a beautiful thing to hold and look at up close. There's some great photographs of it. I mean, it's in the it's close up in the video that we made too like it's yeah yeah i think that was the the initial stuff that that was released online that that most people got to see is just a flat uh like a just like a jpeg of like green black background and yeah. that doesn't really do it justice like out of context and so whenever i saw that flat. like the close up uh, video and, and photos of that stitched flag. I was like, Oh man, this is going to yeah. look cool. Once it's like in the world, like on yeah. shirts and on hats and things like that. And it, and yeah. it does. Yeah. I ordered that one of those Adidas warm up <clears throat> with the green stripes on the sleeves for my daughter who plays like when that thing came and it's like, even this hat that I'm wearing, you know, it's like, New Era put a hat out and I was like, oh crap, New Era, man. I've been buying New Era hats because I'm a baseball fan. I'm going to get that New Era snap <laughs> with the raised, like a raised logo on it, you know, just more production value. It's ripping to see it, like get fabricated into dimensional stuff. It's so fun to watch that process happen. And this is something that may not be suitable for air, but Adidas really worked with the club. And let's just say that Adidas went a long way to make Bright Verde real. Yeah. A long way. Yeah. Right. And, that our, <laughs> and, and that when our kids hit the field, Adidas is on our team. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> the, the Verde will be bright. Yes. Yeah, That's <laughs> Sending Pantone chips and colorways and, and stuff to Adidas was pretty crazy too. 
Andy Lockney shows up at our office, I don't know, six months after everything launches with a backpack full of jerseys and is like, this many never happened. <laughs> and he just spreads. Just telling us how it all hit the shirts. Just spreads it out. All the stuff. And it was so fun. Cause like in, imagining players in the kit, it's just, yeah, it's insane. Andy, and Andy's and, a great guy too. Andy was so involved in every aspect of it. And so it was like the voice of reason translating things from Anthony Andy's. He really just is such a steady hand. He, he never got flustered because we would really push back on him at certain times and let him have it. Not, not too much, but like, <laughs> oh, Andy and he, he just, God, he's so important to this. He's so great moment. with his humor. He, he knows yeah, how to do like it. He's the anchor man for sure. But yeah, we we're, we were on a happy hour with him not too long ago. And we were at, like the Jersey thing. We asked him like, well, Andy, do you think the Jersey would be like blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I know exactly what it looks like. And I don't know how to, <laughs> like, and I, and I can't answer your question. Like, I can't speculate, I can't, right? Because I can't. He's yeah. a real trap. Like, he's the master of, like, I can't tell you. <laughs> he's just so nice about it. He's a good guy. Yeah. And I think the other thing to, to kind of invoke Andy, and, you know, there's a point at which, you know, Anthony was very involved. Like Marty said, he totally cares. He cares a lot about design. And, you know, if you play a game of telephone with anyone on design, it sucks. So there was a point in the process where Anthony was trying to get something across. And we said, just tell him to come to the studio. Like we're tired of playing phone tag. And um, I think we were actually in an airport in New York City when we had this conversation with Anthony traveling back from a client meeting. And like the next week, Anthony comes strolling in with his hands in his pockets to our studio by himself and starts geeking out. He pulls his phone out and he starts swiping through stuff that he likes. And really he waited a while to do this. He did. He thought he was going to, he didn't want to screw the process up, but he had a lot of thoughts. And when he finally let it all out, it really helped because he had a lot of nuances that he, that were personal. And when he told us that it helped us, um, and it, and it, and it made us feel like a team, which was really important because that's how we work. You know, we're not, we're not trying to beat anybody down. We're trying to make the best thing for the most people. And yeah. when he did that, it was like, Hey Anthony. And then he like, it's like, okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> then he left and we didn't see him again until like the announcement event. Um, but it was awesome that, I mean, we talked to him a bunch of times, but we didn't hang with him. And so that was great. Um, and I think it said a lot about his humility and hopefully um, the kind of owner he'll be. Because again, it's something our city owns too, you know, in a lot of ways. So we're rooting for, we're rooting for him and his family and, and Andy and all those, all the folks that work at the organization too. Clark. So, Quinn. Clark. Yeah, man. So many good people. Quinn. Did you say Quinn, Marty? Yeah, Chris Quinn. And <laughs> Do you guys yeah. still have a a working relationship with the club, or or is y'all's work finished? <clears throat> Recently, we yeah, started working with the club. Collaborate with them, James. We've been talking to James when James got hired, which has only been like six weeks now. We we said, hey, we'd love to share the journey behind the scenes with him. And we, we built a presentation and we really took him through 
the thought process, the twists and turns. We wanted to give him as much context as possible. And he really responded well to that. And he's super collaborative guy. His background is awesome in MLS. Um, he's at the forefront of the digital side of, of the entire league too. And so super cool talking to a guy who is just really receptive and wants to collaborate. And, you know, the thing is like teams, the public may think it's all big bucks and there, there's certainly big numbers get thrown around. But at the end of the day, it's an organization that's not that big, especially right now, pre-players. And it, it's a small organization. So when you work with them, you're working with, you, you, you work, it's like working with a small company. You work with it's not like working. Yeah. It's not like working with a giant corporation at all. So every person adds an extreme amount of value if they're the right person for the club. And it's pretty flat too. So it's been fun getting to know James the last few weeks and we're working on some stuff and our team is really excited to be back in the saddle and yeah, do stuff. We're, we're all very excited about what James is going to do. So I'm glad you guys are working with him. Um, yeah. So speaking of working with the whole organization, have you guys had any interactions with McConaughey? <laughs> um, we've had several interactions with McConaughey over the years. Um, <laughs> McConaughey did the voiceover for the new children's museum launch. The thing okay, cool. it's on our site. You can watch it and it's McConaughey doing his thing. <laughs> it's really good. He nailed it. We did a session with him and he like worked super hard and did like eight takes and had ideas and tried different things. And he didn't just phone it in. Like he's a hardworking dude. And then we, we stayed in some sort of communication with him, like over, over the years, and he, we even sent him the um, one of the early decks when we were doing naming because we, we considered other names too, um, and we got his take on it, which was just priceless. But he he his arrow went towards um, Austin FC in that naming batch, which had other choices in it. And what did he say? He said, "It's time to make Austin a proper noun." <laughs> <laughs> and like it was an email but you could like hear you can it. hear it like, <laughs> like the yeah. way he signs off emails like you know money's funny that's it like <laughs> every time it was different so we haven't though we haven't talked to him about um since he's joined up we haven't connected with him on it but i'm sure we will someday you know we just he's just a a really smart dude and cares a lot. So hopefully we can collaborate with him at some point. He's super creative and I know he's super collaborative also. So we'd love hey, to work with him. Hey, Landon. Yeah. Like, we, we need to not make Riggins mad. Can we? Yeah. Let's ask. <laughs> ask one Riggins question. Look, Riggins, we love the grackle. I'm wearing it. I'm petting yeah. it right now. Yeah. He's, he's been Ryan. waiting for like, 20 minutes to let us get to the yeah. Riggins question. Adam is wearing yeah. your hat right now, Ryan. Um, <laughs> Signed so by you've you. Already answered, you've already answered most of them. Uh, okay. okay. He, wanted, he wanted to ask about the brand launch event. Um, he, I think we've already answered them all. So sorry, Ryan, but just were, Ryan yeah. Riggins deserve, deserves credit for some of these questions that we didn't ask. Well, also, just to give the, the Grackle a shout out, I mean, we obviously... We love the Grackle. Um, we respect the Grackle. Actually, one of the we, we went down the Grackle road for a while, and one of the things that we learned about the Grackle 
which Riggins might not even know, is that the great-tailed grackle was was kept by Aztec kings. And <laughs> part of the reason why we have grackles here now is because of that. And this is according to ornithology websites. I could, you can, this can all be refuted later, but it's really cool to think about that. Like the grackle had this really amazing history coming up from Central America and Mexico to here, which is also a big part of our club is, is to be able to have that bridge. And it's so cool that the grackle has that. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so that was a deep cut on the grackle. <laughs> <laughs> I love but it. The day, the day that Marty, but this is the sad side of this. The day that Marty went to go uh, light a candle in front of Treaty Oak and was on his pilgrimage <laughs> doing research on Treaty Oak and saw that the young oak that was planted underneath the old oak to help it, to help it grow, which is, which is where this, these two trees intertwining comes from in the badge. Um, that young tree is the, is, is the club. The old tree is the city and they work together. Um, Marty also saw a dead grackle that morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was at a, I was at a UT baseball game with our other brother, Bill and his buddy. We were watching, watching the game. And I told him, you know, how I've been, because everyone would always ask that knew, like, what are, what's up with the team and what are y'all doing? And I just said, oh, we're just talking a lot about trees. And he's a really smart guy, this Trent guy. And he said, there's this podcast you need to listen to. It's called This is Criminal. And there's this episode called Perfect Specimen, and it's about the tree oak poisoning, like the in-depth story, not like the story I knew as a kid, which was like, somebody poisoned the tree and we dropped off some soup cans at the tree said a prayer for it. You know, that's what I remember as a kid, but this was the in-depth story of how crazy it was and how the state and city responded and how the city arborist planted that other tree underneath it to save it. And Ross Perot. Yeah. Like <laughs> Ross Perot like wrote a blank check and said, fix that tree boy. <laughs> and it, it was like, it's an amazing story and that the whole symbiosis of oaks and the sharing of the root system. It was like, we all look, listened to it. And I ran up there one morning, like on, you know, on a Saturday at like six in the morning and I walked up to it. And as I was walking up down the sidewalk, there was a dead grackle on the sidewalk. I have a picture of it <laughs> and walked around this, this little rock wall. And there's the, the two trees, you know, it was like a, total trip like a literal it was a message the message was austin anthem needs the grackle (laughs) you take the tree let's (laughs) do this i love it um i think i think that's a good spot to end do you have anything else jeremiah no i I can't all right thank you so much adam and marty thank Butler, you guys for joining us today this has been fantastic hey yeah. thanks for everything you guys do and we look forward to following your lead on match day and just being a part of your community too and i think we need we need new memberships um to austin anthem so thanks thanks for everything y'all do and how you show up in the community you guys represent so beautifully and it's super cool yeah amen to that well, hey, thanks for letting us do it. Thanks for designing a kick-ass logo we can follow. 
<laughs> yeah, let's do it, man. Yeah. See y'all out there. Go Thing for nothing, so you never. La gente. Oh my God. Um, this interview with the Butlers is, but I have to ask Jeremiah about this one thing that came up in a, a chat we were having the other day. Your boys invented a game, and I really need to hear more about it, Jeremiah. Tell me some more about it. Yeah. So, if you, so those of you that don't know, I have uh, two boys. They're ten and eight, and they invented a game called Wiener Kick, which <laughs> is very simple. Uh, you know, I mean, you could probably guess what they do, but they, yeah, just take, take turns kicking each other in the wiener. That's kind of what. <laughs> was there any defense is, strategy or was it like, no, like no, one for it's one? Just, yeah, it's just wide open All right. until one of them falls over. That's, that's how it goes. That's what, that's what this time has brought us all to. So what do you feel like your chances are for having grandchildren at this point? <laughs> not good. It's, yeah. They're not strong at all.